The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. A person who inspired me as a young footballer um, trying to become a professional in the game was Thierry Henry. I looked up to him as an idol. Anytime he was on the TV, I'd, I'd try and make sure that I was watching and trying to learn and emulate what he did on the pitch. Ian Wright, um, Michael Richards, I've seen him on TV and, and it just brings a smile to my face seeing him on the TV. Personally for me, you know, I was uh, kind of came under the wing of, of Linvoid Primus when I was at Portsmouth who was um, a centre-back there and, and someone that, you know, I still speak to on a, a regular basis now. In a sporting role, the, um, the likes of Pelé because of what he's managed to do um, you know, on and off the field. He's always been a, a figure in, in life that I've really, really respected. I'll simply say my uncle, JJ Okocha, because of um, the stories I've been told when he had to leave Nigeria to go and play in like, Turkey and play in, um, in Germany was really difficult for him. He ignored all the comments that were said and he was strong and able to focus on what he was really going for, so I'll say him. Robbie, if it isn't an injury, and he didn't look injured, but if it isn't an injury, your thoughts on substituting a substitute? Well, generally, it's it's pretty embarrassing for the player, for sure. I think we all realise that and appreciate that. Um, he was on his side. Oh, oh, you know, again, we don't know if there was kind of injury, didn't look like it. He was on his side there. Maybe Thomas Tuchel's telling him stuff, he's that type of coach. And if he's not doing what he's saying, he's going to get frustrated. We know he's that sort of coach, it looks like now. He gets a bit fired up, he gets a bit angry. Um, that's all I can say because there's absolutely other ways you can get Zeek into that game and still have Hudson Adoy there. You could brought off Reese James and put Hudson Adoy as a wing back. That's Billy Quirter. You could switch around there. So something he did, and he's close to him there, that upset the manager um, and brought him back off again. Do you like that man management or not? I hate it. I, I hate it. I, I understand the points Robbie's making. You go, he's, he's got a chance here of losing Hudson Adoy mentally and psychologically. If he's not playing well, you give him 45 minutes, and then you know what? Next game, you don't start him, and you, and you tell him why he's not playing. But to hook a player that quickly after coming on sends a terrible message, a terrible message. And I think even if he wasn't doing all the right things, you still give him 45 minutes. Because the fact of the matter was, if he wanted Ziyech on to, in, in place of Hudson, he just would have put him on at halftime. So he didn't do that. Now, I, I, the only thing I would say, Tim, about this, and, and, and sometimes a new manager... Let's, let's just figure out who's boss here. And if he wasn't, he wasn't doing what he was told, I'm f in this instance, I'm kind of OK with it. I know what you mean, and we've talked before about players. You could p potentially lose players. He's a young player. He's come onto the field. He's right by him. And if the manager, if he's not doing what the manager's saying, it's like, you know, I I'm boss here now. I'm the new guy, and it's been nice and nice, and the, the press conferences, et cetera, have been really good. This was never going to be a plain sailing job for Thomas Tuchel. Never. And it's been really good at this point. And I think if there's a moment where he's got to stamp his authority a little bit with something, I don't mind it. I just don't think you'd do that to a player, but yeah. yeah. Two points dropped yeah. today? Yeah. How do you feel? 
But it's like this sometimes in football. One shot is enough from the opponent to be behind. And if you're behind, things get more and more difficult. The reaction was very, very good. The game before the goal from Southampton was very, very good. But today we were good in 70 meters or 80 meters. But the last 20 meters we 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 had um, bad decision making and we lacked uh, the determination and and the the, the, the aggressiveness in the box to to um, to make the goals because the goals were deserved. We we controlled the first half completely, and um, but we did not create chances, big chances. That was our that was our problem today, and that was the only problem. And that's why I'm in in overall we are we are very happy with the performance because we controlled all counter attacks, we controlled ball possession, and we we cre- we open up spaces very very good. We played good counter pressing. But in the end, it's our fault because we created not enough chances to score more goals. Not creating enough chances. Yeah. Is that normal after a great run of wins, uh, like five last games? No, no, because uh, we have the quality and we know what to do and we need to do better. We need to take better decisions and uh, we need to improve in this. Um, we had now several games where we need a penalty to score and and uh, today we lacked, we lacked in the last 20 meters the determination and then you need to show the quality in one-on-one uh, it's it's this we can we, we we did very very good but today we lacked the last momentum is that the reason like why the sub being subbed today with Hudson-Odoi this is uh, no this is the only reason that I was not happy with his body uh, language and his uh, attitude in counter-pressing and that's why I had the feeling he's not ready to give what I wanted from him to the team and so he suffered from, from this decision, but this is it. This is the decision is hard enough, and from tomorrow is forgotten. Wow, I don't know if it's going to be forgotten by Callum Hudson Adoy tomorrow. His body language was not right, he said, and his attitude in the counter press, and he didn't think he was right and ready to do what he wanted him to do. He did get a pat on the back of the head as he came off, and there, I think, is the picture and the face that tells the story. He's a few seats along from Tammy Abraham, who he had replaced at half-time, thinking he was going to be given that second half, Robbie, to get back in the game. We've had this discussion. We didn't think it was an injury. We didn't suspect it was an injury. You said that you're okay with it because he's showing that he's the boss. When you hear the explanation, are you still okay with it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's on his side. I said he's on his side, so we can instruct him as well. And if he's not doing what he's been told to do by the manager... I, I expect the manager, he can make that decision. Now, it's going to be a learning lesson for Hudson Adoy. He looks hurt and upset. And, of course, it's embarrassing to come on and to get pulled off again. But he is the manager. And players are meant to do what, what he tells them. I kind of like it. It's strong not, management. He, you agree he wasn't doing? I mean, what did you notice to, his body language? See, well, I didn't notice it. But I'm not right there. And he's really close. He's on the sideline. He's, he's, he's like 10, 20 yards away. So, um, listen, it's just, it's just one of those things. Got to learn a lesson. It's got to get better. Tim? I thought that interview showed tremendous arrogance from from Tuchel. Um, it won't be forgotten about tomorrow. He's kidding himself. That's gonna that's gonna linger with the player. Body language, maybe if he's if he's on the manager's side, then the manager has an obligation to get him going and say, "Hey, I need more from you. I need, if the counter pressing wasn't right. I need more more pressing from you." Listen, he he gave the final pass. He gave the killer pass for the penalty, which none of the players had done all, all day. So there was 
there was a lot of good in this. I, I, I think it's a terrible decision on his part. Wow, that's so interesting that you both disagree. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff. OK, no doubt this is not the end of the Callum hudson Adoy situation. We'll have more as we get in. Let's take you back to Lee Dixon and to Arlo White. A momentous day. Of course, it almost mm. goes without saying now what it would have been like had the fans been there, especially in the away yeah. end for Everton. But still, a momentous day for Carlo Ancelotti's men, Arlo. Absolutely, and Pep Guardiola said similar, didn't he? Um, after Manchester City broke their long, winless run here, look, it's a different prospect when there are fans in the ground. But let's not take anything away from Everton. That was a Herculean defensive effort, wasn't it, Lee? Yeah, and not just from the back four. Um, I think the team was settled brilliantly by Ancelotti. Um, the way that he had Coleman just dropping into a five and then playing in midfield. The way he used uh, Hammers in that free role and obviously set the goal up with that. I think he got it spot on. He said to him, look, we'll just get everybody behind the ball. We'll have two banks uh, of four and we'll just try and just frustrate Liverpool. That's exactly what they did. Liverpool couldn't get behind behind them from the wide areas. They really struggled, so they went very narrow and, uh, and it didn't work. And they got that goal early on, which gave them something to hang on to and also just sit back and say, right, mm. we're going to use this game plan. What have you got, Liverpool? And Liverpool didn't have anything, really. We'll, we'll wait and see uh, the severity of Jordan Henderson's injury. But today, Phillips and Kabak, the 17th different yeah. centre-back partnership it's affected their season. Who do you think out of these two sides will finish higher in the table? At the moment, I think Liverpool will come again. I think they'll regroup. But you have to say, with, with Everton's form, what they do is kind of, they dip in and out. They had mm. a brilliant start and they fell off and they got better. They fell off, they got better. So they need a, a little bit more uh, continuity, a bit more um, results on the trot and just keep churning them out. But it's going to be tight, I tell you. OK, to the Emirates for us too. Rebecca, tomorrow we'll talk to you then. Arlo, thank you. Lee, thank you. We will speak to you tomorrow. Tim Howard, this Everton team, we said at the beginning of the season when they started so well in the campaign and were top of the league under Carlo Ancelotti that it was a different type of Everton. As Lee said, they've had their dips. Yeah. But that today, does that show you that this team and this club feels different this season than maybe since you played for them? Well, Lee's right. They, are, they have been a bit up and down and they've had, these, they've had these gaps in terms of they've played well at times and then they've had these lulls. Yes, the potential of this team, we, we saw it today, and we saw it early on in the season. Their job now as a club is to continue that and to be – it's what Liverpool do week in and week out. They're just absolutely brilliant. Okay, not, not of late, but that's what Everton are looking to achieve is can they keep this standard as they play today, do that the rest of the season. This is a test now for Liverpool, and also how much of a test is it for Jurgen Klopp? It's a massive test because there's – we knew about the centre-back problems. It just got worse today with Henderson going down. And they've conceded nine goals in the last three games in the Premier League. Centre-back is screaming emergency. And Quebec is new, and, and maybe we'll see Ben Davis. I think we will see Ben Davis, because any time Everton asked questions today, they scored or created the penalty. Any time. Because Ever Liverpool had so much possession, Everton were defending incredibly well. But when they went forward, when I saw uh, Dominic Cavalier come on, I'm thinking, wow, him and Richardson up front, likely to get the next goal, and that's what happened. So, uh, big, big problems. Apart from the attacking side of it, which was, was, wasn't great, the centre-back is going gonna, is gonna to mean they're going to concede a lot more goals than you'd ever expect from Liverpool. So, the centre-half situation, after seeing Ozan Kabak again mm. today, Nat Phillips came on, there's Ben Davis as well. Who do you think will be the first two on the team sheet? Well, I, I, I think Ben Davis has to get a, has to get a run out, and, and, and possibly Phillips. I mean, it got worse because... Henderson went off with an injury, but also Kabak looked like a deer in headlights, and it, this level looks too high for him at the moment.
Carlo, congratulations. What does it mean to you to be the first Everton manager to win here this century? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm really pleased, really happy for the club, for the supporter. Of course, I couldn't imagine if they say our supporter were there tonight, but I hope uh, for sure they are going to celebrate tonight. It was a good performance, um, a lot of effort, a lot of spirit. Uh, yeah, really happy. You said to us before the game it would be the same system, but it looked like you tweaked the formation. Uh, we played with two, two strikers, James and uh, Richarlison. We played with uh, Coleman that, to fix a little bit the position of Robertson. Three midfielders and four at the back to control uh, Mane, Salai, Firmino. What was behind the decision to go long straight away from the kickoff? Because we have this kind of quality, we, we, we wanted to avoid the pressure uh, from, uh, uh, from Liverpool. We know that they, they press a lot in front, but sometimes we had the possibility to play, we had a good combination. Also, was it for the first goal, two moments of real quality from James Rodriguez and the finish from Richarlison? Yeah, of course. Richarlison is back. He's back because now he's scoring and he plays, playing with a lot of consistency. James is always the same. Maybe he doesn't have the physicality of the other, but he has better quality. What does this give you today, perhaps psychologically, more than the three points? As I said, we did really well away. At home, we had a lot of problems. We lost a lot of game. We have to find more consistency at home, and we are working on this. Jürgen, obviously not a good day for you. What's your analysis of proceedings? The first goal, which we have to defend better, gave the game a direction which was unnecessary. So, OK, but it happened. I thought then, even if I don't, when I don't like to speak about the good football moments tonight, there were plenty of creating-wise, plenty of good football moments. So we did well from a creating point of view, stayed calm, but had to chase the game. And that we have to chase the game, I think you saw in the finishing situations. We were not calm enough in these moments where we should have been calmer. That's the truth. When we could have been calmer, so like finish the situation after how we brought ourselves in positions where. <laughs> so, Evan defended deep and, and full of passion and all these kind of things, man marking, all these kind of things. But there were still moments where we were completely free in the box. But we didn't finish it off. So that's then the one thing where we, where we have to um, get the. Uh, criticism for, that's fine. Um, second half, we changed the formation a little bit because now we um, we wanted to yeah, to cause them more problems, what we did um, immediately, um, big chances in the box, Sadio twice with the head, Bobby I think twice um, in a promising position to, to, to shoot. More super football being alone in front of Pickford, yes, close, but being there. Um, so the, all these moments, and that's it. That they had, I think, only in the end, really, kind of counter-attacking chances. That is clear. Um, and uh, then they got a penalty, but the penalty was late and um, was not really decisive anymore. If penalty is not in, then we lose one 0 tonight. That's um, how it is. Even when it's, of course. Uh, a blow when you get a 2-0, like 10, seven, eight, nine minutes to go, it's clear. But we don't have to talk about that too much.
You spoke to your players again on the pitch at half time. What were you saying? What were you looking for more of in the second half? No, no, no. Uh, oh, that we spoke about, but, but about what I wanted to see in the, in the, in the, on the pitch, we, we spoke about in the half time. So that's why I said we, we, changed, we changed formation. So we both tell you offensively, more in the centre, which worked really well. Um, these kind of things, we just wanted to cause some different problems, and we did that. But in the end, whatever you, we could talk about now, probably an hour, if you want to go in detail about this and this and this situation, um, and then we would realize that 90% what we're talking about is positive, but 10% not, and we have to change the 10%. So, and that makes a difference result-wise. Of course, you also lost Jordan Henderson. What's the initial diagnosis? Groin, adductor, region. So. That's not good, to be honest. But, but uh, we don't know exactly. It's just the region is growing a doctor there in that area, and the rest we will know tomorrow. It's just quite extraordinary the bad luck you're having in the centre back position at the moment. Yeah. Can you believe it? No. But it's how it is. What next from here, Jurgen? Obviously, it's another defeat. It's just all you can do is work to try and change things, to turn things around. You saw lots of things that you liked. Yeah, yeah. It's just that bit that's missing and to get the results. Delete the word just, maybe. So, because it's decisive, what we, have, what we, what we lack, obviously. Um, um, apart from that, so how I said, we stand here, we lost 2-0 to Derby, so I know how important the game is. We all know how important it is. We feel it deep inside. But from tomorrow on, I have to, I have to use all the good stuff as well. That's how it is, and it was a lot of good stuff. So th these, these good situations, the creating-wise, they are the, the guarantee that we can change it. If, as long as we keep that, we will change it. But the decisive moments, we have to change as well. So, and that's what is our job as well. So we will keep going. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. West Ham United fans watching us across the United States, I'm not sure they've had too many better Sunday mornings mm -hmm. than that. This is a group of fans that have seen relegation on a number of occasions. They've seen mid-table football. Mm -hmm. They've seen anger at the owners. They're sitting, Danny, in a Champions League spot, more than deserved. That's where they'll finish the weekend. What kind of story are we seeing here? It's incredible, and they're there on merit. They're not there on luck. Not at this stage of the season. They've been absolutely incredible. David Moyes deserves so much credit because... He had the job initially, then went, and then I think there was there was a few people who weren't happy about him coming back, but he's he's brought youth to the squad, he's brought enthusiasm, he's brought desire, determination, he's brought players into the club that want to play for the badge. We saw it late on in the game. We talk about Tottenham having a few chances, but what I would say is that West Ham defended so well as though everything depended on it. 
And that has been built from the dressing room, from the togetherness, the collective. And David Moyes is at the top of that, and he deserves an unbelievable amount of credit. From Tottenham's point of view, has Gareth Bale played his way into the starting eleven for next game after you, that performance? You would hope so. He did more in 45 minutes than a lot of players did in 90 minutes. He's a player that when he gets the ball, he makes things happen. His first look is forward, and he has the ability that very few players have of finding space where there shouldn't be any space. So he has to start next game. I know you want to take everything game by game, not look too much at the table, but you do move into the top four with that win and there's a smile on your face now. What's the reaction from your team? Yeah, good. But, you know, I've told them we're only... I don't think we're, we're only done half a job. I think, you know, if we continue this way, well, we'll be close. So I don't, want to, I don't want to be negative in any way. It's a great result for us to beat Spurs, you know, with, with, with the ambitions, what they've got and what they have at their disposal. So, no, we're, we're enjoying it, but we're also not going to go daft. We'd be stupid to say anything, and we're going to keep calm about it, and, uh, but hopefully keep pushing and pressurising the teams near the top. Jose, how are you feeling after that? I feel sad, obviously. Um, I feel that the result should be a different one from what uh, we played, especially in the, in the second half. Uh, so that's my feeling and a little bit of deja vu uh, because uh, that defensive line was was brilliant. Uh, the centre backs they they clean everything and they gave us a very difficult match for such a dominancy, especially in the in the second half. And um, we start the game with a defensive mistake and we start the second half with another one. And when you are punished by by these uh, goals, then is is difficult. Uh, but the team, especially in the second half, was uh, was trying absolutely everything uh, and had the chances and uh, was not also lucky with uh, hitting the post uh, twice. But we had great crossing situations across the face of the goal. We had uh, easy shooting positions to. Uh, to score with dead balls in in the box or just outside the box. So we should score more goals in, in spite of the two goals that we conceded. To, to concede the two goals, uh, defensive errors, how concerning is that area for you defensively? Look, uh, I've been speaking about this for such a long time um, and it's not good to to stay always on the, on the same page, but I believe that every person that uh, that watched the um, uh, the game understood clearly the nature of the goals that we that we conceded, um, and then it's difficult uh, against a team that uh, that fought uh, in the second half. They didn't play; they fought, and um, this is not a critic. This is to praise their uh, their spirit. They fought. They fought hard, but they just fought, and we were the team that tried to to play, uh, create a lot of. Uh, of chances, and then the boys were not were not lucky because the the result. I don't think we deserve that. Raheem, well played. You won it on the back, really, of an electrifying start. What was the key to that start? Uh, I think we, you know, we we moved the ball well. Uh, Riyad was really aggressive in the first five minutes. Um, yeah, we kept the pressure on, um, and we got the the goal early on. Um, they're, they're a good team. You can see how they've been on the Mikel. They play some good football, and you can see that we struggled at times with that. But we, we kept our composure, <laughs> we kept our composure, and, and grinded the result out. You got a goal in the second minute. You could actually have scored before that, and just after. It could have been a hat trick in five minutes, couldn't it? I could have scored before that. 
was it a little, was a little chance before that, a little swing of the boot before that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Miska got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the one I should have tucked away was the one when Kevin played me through. I've sat the guy down and, um, you know, hesitated a little bit, but I'm oh, happy to get the win in. Gary Neville was very complimentary about the leap for your goal. Some effort that to get up above two centre-halves. Was that the key to it, the early yeah. leap? I'm five foot seven and a half and, you know, got up really well there. Uh, no, I'm really happy. Every time I score a headed goal, it's an uh, uh, extra buzz, but, yeah, I'm happy with that one. You're on a little run-off headers, aren't you? You're on a run of headers. There's one yeah. the and this one was a bit further out. Yeah, this one was a bit more, uh, you know, a bit better, a lot better for leap, and, and got it really well, and just happy to score. Why did it get harder as it went on? Well, that's how it seemed, Raheem. And you uh, talked in your first answer that Arteta's team gave you certain issues. Yeah, as you can tell, like Mikel's worked with us for plenty of years. He knows exactly our strengths and our weaknesses. Um, and it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, spent a lot of time in trying to find gaps in in our team, and he made it real difficult for us. Are you getting better as a team, maybe with that centre-half partnership that you've got at digging out results and staying ahead when maybe matches do get harder? Yeah, the two, the two centre-half pairings, they've been, they've been great this season. You know, they have a real great understanding. Um, and even with, when I'm in there as well, you can, you can see that there's a, a, a real unity, a bond in there. And, you know, they're trying to keep this... Um, it's like anything, if I'm, if I'm scoring goals, I try to keep on a run and they're trying to keep clean sheets, so it's a credit to them. So it's 18 wins on the spin now. How does this compare to previous seasons and other brilliant runs you've been on would you say yeah it's it's i think it's even better now because you know we had a difficult start to the season uh you know it was a a difficult one you know something that we're not used to we're scoring as much goals as we're used to but you know it's a credit to the team we you know we we started to dig results out and i think that's what brings you know tight winning teams you have to dig results out when when it really matters and do you still feel like there's a lot of hard work to do yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think any any team that you go to now, you can lose a game because you know football's going in either way. It's not anyone's not dominating at the minute. Um, so we just got to keep our focus and and onto the next one. Well played. Well, just the one goal was all Manchester City needed today. We've seen them a little bit more free-flowing, possibly more goals in recent weeks, but they still just looked incredibly comfortable. They, they are in cruise control, and when you look at what's going on in the world with the pandemic at the moment. Guardiola has adjusted unbelievably well. His players, I don't believe, got out of second gear then. Mm. They didn't need to get out. And when I look at Liverpool, who were unbelievable champions last season, we know the way that they play. It's in your face consistently, constant, constant, constant. And it's no coincidence that there have been injuries with Liverpool. But when you look at Manchester City, they know when to take the foot off the gas. They win 1-0 today. They were never in any danger. Mm -hmm. well, so I, you're saying that the in injuries that Liverpool are suffering are possibly because Klopp doesn't know when to take them off the gas? Not, not all of them, but there are some of them that are, where players are obviously continuing to play and eventually it's going to catch up with you. There's no doubt about it. And I think with Manchester City, and this is what I'm talking about, adapting. Manchester City and Guardiola, he, he's adapted to this situation to the point where, yes, it was a 90-minute game, but the players that played mm. for Manchester City mm. then probably felt like a 30-minute yeah. game. They're not chasing the title, they're mm. managing the title. And that's yeah. what they're doing right now. Yeah. Tim, at the end there was, a, there was a shot of David Luiz coming off the field, talking to some of the Manchester City teammates. You wanted to just share what your thoughts. While you were watching this live, what, what, what were you thinking? Well, he just annoys me. And I, I, I'd hate to be his teammate. I, I, you know, I, I've rowed with teammates before. You've just lost a game. He's laughing and joking and palling around. That's not okay. It's not okay for me. Get yourself in the dressing room. If he's really your mate, you call him after the game, or maybe in, in a normal world you go have a beer with him. But this, the supporters will see this. People will watch this on television. He, he's reckless in the challenge. He gets himself sent off. He's not a responsible teammate. And this, this for me, just I, 
if I was his teammate and he was in the dressing room, the first thing you do when the whistle blows, you get yourself in the dressing room and you listen to your manager because you lost. And that just shows me he doesn't really care. I'm sorry. Well, Mikel, uh, an Arsenal performance that improved as it went on, but in the end, did the torrent start to the game cost you? Absolutely. Um, the way we conceded the first goal obviously put you in a really difficult situation after one or two minutes in the game. To concede against them, it's, um, it's tough because um, it puts the game exactly where they want it and even more with the formation and the play that they use with a false nine where they are really comfortable, they want to drag you out um, to start to jump on them and create the spaces and when we are one nil down, to, you have to start to do that but I think after the, the team reacted really, really well, we were on top of the game, um, we started to generate chances, to start generating momentum in the opponent half but um, we lacked the quality there when we got in those situations to, to score a goal. That slow start, do you put that down to you getting off to a slow start or is that City being excellent? Uh, we got something wrong. We talked about something and we didn't uh, do it in the first five or ten minutes. And then they used uh, that overload in, in one of the sides. And um, and still, it's a cross from Mare. You know where it's coming. And Sterling cannot head that ball in the middle of the goal. A player of that size shouldn't be getting up and scoring ahead of well, that. It's clever, really good execution for him. But uh, if you want to win against them, you cannot concede a goal. You said we got something wrong. Can you tell yeah. us what that something it was? It was a tactical thing that um, we prepared and uh, we weren't able to read it in the game. And, and that caused you because then you are disorganised every time you want to be aggressive in your high press. Why did you grow into the match? What changed? What got you into it? Because the moment we clicked it and we knew and we did what we started to and we prepared, uh, they find it difficult to beat uh, that and then we got momentum, we got confident because things were going. I think we were really good on the ball as well against the pressing and, and we could find um, really good spaces. But when we were there at the end, around the box, uh, in the final set, we liked just picking the right pass to score the goal. Well, Pep, it was a match that perhaps got harder as it went on. But firstly, what did you make of the way your team began the game? Well, it was harder like we expect would be. So we won 1-0 at home, we suffer a lot, they make a man-to-man -man our build-up, it's no easy, our long balls okay, are not the strongest teams to keep that balls. And, uh, and after they follow in the middle, they equalize in the middle with uh, four or five players, so it's difficult. To play against, against Arsenal and Mikel is so difficult, but uh, that's why I give incredible credit for this victory. So at the end, it's Arsenal away, it's Emirates, so we get what to expect. They're going to come here and win, and, and we need. We need in that moment to win this type of game. The people think ah, 30 games in a row, 18 victories in a row, and looks easy. This is so difficult. Look in Europe, in Spain, in Germany, in Italy, all the teams draw points, and this consistency in the last month is, honestly, I didn't expect, because I'm really surprised, more than grateful for these players, what they are doing. But winning that period, these games 1-0, that is what we need to realise and everything is so difficult. How pleased were you with the dominance in the early part of the match? Maybe yeah, the, was the, the last 10-15 minutes was brilliant. It was, wow, how good we are playing. Every, every action was simple, every action was... was, uh, was uh, we, we didn't push the action, we didn't anticipate the action. The action came along through the passes, through the movements in the right tempo. But after that, the last 20-25, maybe 30 minutes, they were better than us in the first half. In the halftime, we just our pressing with Leno, and we, we we won a lot of balls in that tempo. In the first half, we could not, especially in the left side. We sack a tyranny, and our young create the three and two in this area, and we could not control it. The second half was better, and uh, yeah, we don't create.
chances, but enough enough to, to win the game. You spoke about it before the game. Is that a case of Mikel Arteta knowing you well? No, no, no. Mikel knows everything. <laughs> He's knowing me. He's so good. I'm, I'm, it's not because he's my friend or because today I, I beat him. Uh, I know him will live. I know what he planned. I know what he works. He's so clever. So he's already one of the. I learned a lot watching his teams, and uh, today I learned something. I can use it in the future. So it's not not because we were together and know me. He knows everything about football. Daniel, that was a big three points tonight, very important points as well. Yeah, very important. Um, I think after Thursday, we just wanted to capitalise on that. Uh, and I thought we I thought we did well today. We had a, a little bump after it went all, but um, we come out second half and regroup, really, and use the spaces down the side, and that's where we got the goals. It's been a good, few, pers- good week for you, personally. A goal against Real Sociedad, another one tonight. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. People say that I haven't, I haven't played so much recently, but just been just been working as hard as I can, um, doing everything I can when I do play. And yeah, it was nice to get minutes Thursday and, and, and again today. Yeah, so I've just got to just keep working on that. Yeah, people do say that because you've made such a flying start, and then it was a dip. But now you've got six goals in nine United and Wales games. I mean, that's that's a good turnaround. You're back on the up. Yeah, uh, so it's a turnaround. Um, but yeah, I think. There was, there was a moment last season maybe it wasn't forming as well as I wanted to I think this season I'm just reflecting that as much as I can doing everything I can to reflect on my games um, and yeah I've just been working on the training ground as hard as I can That's it so just working on the training ground there's nothing they've told you to do I mean your confidence is back we can see that and the pace is there always Yeah I think um, I kind of lost my way a bit um, wasn't playing the same as I did the start of last season so I, that's why I had to look at analysis stuff like that and you know what I mean a lot of people I've got the right people around me to, to talk me through that um, as I said been working with the coach on the training ground to try and get me back to myself and I like to think I've, I've got the In the first half the team had to sort of shake off a bit of that Turian rust I think it took, took a while for United to find a rhythm Yeah I'd say we, we had a, a little risky start, um, we obviously got the goal um, and then conceded uh, a goal that you know, I mean, it's, it's disappointing for us but as I said we, we regrouped half time and we knew where the spaces were and that's that's where I got my goal today. Um, do you know what I mean? We, we worked from one side, worked to the other and, and got that goal. And you couldn't afford to throw away any more points. You know, too many draws lately. Giving ground to others. Yeah, I think, um, do you know what I mean, 2-1 was still, still a risky game and the game got a little bit up and down and uh, Marcus obviously won that pen and, and Bruno kind of kind of screwed the win for us. But from then on, we just had to keep the ball and do you know what I mean, play into our hands. Well, at half-time, Tim, I remember you said you wanted to see more from Manchester United's second half. What did you like particularly about how they changed things? Well, they had the superior players in, in terms of quality, and there just was more movement, there was more fluidity in the front. And you see even Daniel James' goal there, the reason it comes is because your player's running over the ball, it falls to him, he's open by himself in the box. The penalty happens because Rashford's in, in, coming onto the ball, into the box. He makes the, the Newcastle defender have to shift and... and I liked their movement. It was better. Obviously, the quality is fantastic. Individually, it was good. Together, they were moving the ball quicker, and they obviously paid dividends. And, and Danny, that's been a pattern all season. The quality in the end mm-hmm. often comes through for Manchester United. Yeah. But the beginning, whether it's the first stages or the entire first half, it, they just don't get going quickly. No, they, they don't. And when you look at the centre-back partnership, Lindelof and Maguire, both very good centre-backs. That's not the question. But the one thing I've said before is that they're both the same. So when United dominate possession, they have to play a high line. And when you have to play a high line, ideally you want a centre-back that's got pace and the one that wants to attack the ball. And that's where Bailly comes into it, in my opinion. And that's where sometimes he can get caught out on the counter attacking him behind. So would you take out Lindelof and play Bailly alongside Maguire, no matter what? I, I've, I've said for a long time now, if Bailly remains fit, 
he has to be mm-hmm. Maguire's partnership. OK. From Newcastle's perspective, you get the sense he'll take some positives out of this one, but that could buy into what Danny was saying about sleepwalking mm. into a relegation fight here. Both are correct. He will. He has to take the positive out. He has a team that is sleepwalking. He's got to figure out a way to motivate them. Look, St. Maximum was lively today. He was their best player. We expected him to be. He got the goal. Absolutely. What they need to do now is what they did to Man United. They pressed him out of the mm-hmm. diamond. It worked. Every game from now on, they, like they, they can't sit back and just get picked apart and hope they win games. They need to go for it like they did today. High press, out of the diamond. It worked. It worked against Manchester United for a little bit. It'll work against Leicester team. My, my concern, Tim, is if I look at Fulham and I look at Newcastle, because it looks like it's going to be, be between yeah. those two. Fulham started the season really open, really expansive. Now they've become a little bit more pragmatic, mm. conserving energy. Newcastle are doing it the other way around. Newcastle waited to concede first early on in the season. Now Graham Jones has come and he's changed the system. It looks to be working for them in terms of them having the higher press. They're tiring late on in games because of now what's being asked of them. And that is a concern as the season goes on. Newcastle stay up? I'm going to go with Fulham. Newcastle Fulham stay up? Fulham for me. Wow. Yeah. OK, interesting stuff. Holly, congratulations. Three points. You had to step it up in the second half, didn't you? Yeah, we, we had to up the tempo a little bit, and especially in the last third. And I felt we, we managed to do that. It's always difficult after a away game in Europe and uh, to get going. Uh, we've had uh, enough games this uh, season. So it took until half-time, really. Even though we dominated possession and we had all the ball, we still couldn't create too many big opportunities. Yeah, a lot of balls going astray and you knew they were going to press you early on. Yeah, yeah we, we knew that. And uh, But it was about moving the ball quicker, be a bit cleverer in our positioning. And uh, I felt second half we found our uh, positions better and some good goals. Good goals, yes. Well, let's talk about Daniel James because we mentioned him pre-match. Yeah. And he, he started off at United like a, a train. Yeah. And he's disappeared for a while, but now he seems that he's back and he seems a lot more confident in he's himself. Never, never disappeared. He's been working hard behind the scenes. He's always been available. Uh, he's always a, a player that you can uh, you can use in a few different positions with his uh, with his energy and uh, pace and he's, he's learning the game so I'm very happy for him in, but in terms of I'm not saying disappeared you know what exactly <laughs> yeah, I, I know mean. What he you disappeared mean. from the starting line and he's been talking about he had lost himself in some respects now he's gone back and he's studied he's analysed and he's getting the support from the coaching staff now yeah we, we work with him we try to help everyone but of course Dan came from uh, from the championship up to Man United, you hit uh, you hit a few goals in the first games. It's bound to take some energy away from you. Uh, all that high uh, headlines and uh, media attention, but he's knuckled down and he's uh, really uh, worked to get him back to uh, full fitness and uh, maybe more so confidence to believe in himself. And, that, and that's the main thing. Uh, as soon as you've come away or come past that little doubt, uh, now he knows he's a good player. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.